Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. My favorite bookstore has a plaque that reads, Be Like Curious George, Start with a question and look under the yellow hat to find what's there. Curiosity is defined as the state of genuinely wanting to know more about something or someone. Do you know Curious George? Was he a part of your childhood or maybe your children or grandchildren's childhood? Or maybe you haven't met him yet. Curious George is a little monkey and the main character of a series of children's books as well as TV series and movies. George's friend known as the man with the yellow hat cares for George in a city somewhere in America. Married couple Margaret and H.A. Ray were German Jews who first published the first Curious George book in 1941, a year after they fled Paris. In the 80 years that have passed, more than 30 million copies of Curious George books have been sold and the book has been translated into over 25 languages. Curious George is, above all else, curious. His curiosity often gets him into trouble, but he explores with great intentions and his stories center around playful curiosity and the learning and the relationships it brings. Curious George was one of my favorite characters as a kid, which might have been because my favorite teacher loved Curious George. Mrs. Novak taught second grade for decades and every year her students learned about Curious George. At least once a week, we incorporated Curious George into our lessons. We got to know him, which made it that much more exciting when we learned that we would get to take him home with us. Every student in Mrs. Novak's class was assigned a week to care for Curious George, who was a stuffed animal to our parents, but was real to all of us. After our weekend with George, we wrote a story chapter about what Curious George did when he was with us. And at the end of each year, we each got a book with every student's chapter. We got to see all of his adventures. Even though decades have passed since I was in Mrs. Novak's second grade, I can still remember how taking George around felt magical. Sharing our adventures with our classmates fostered an interest in each other, and it sparked curiosity in our classroom environment. It has been a while since I've thought about Curious George, more recently, I've been thinking about another movie character. When I go into my GIFs, there he is, 
on my list of favorites. Anger is one of the main characters of the Disney Pixar movie, Inside Out, which follows Riley, who, when we meet her, is a very happy 11-year-old. But something happens, and Riley's emotions, led by joy, try to guide her through this big event. But the stress brings other feelings, anger, fear, disgust, and sadness to the forefront. Anger is the personification of our emotion, anger. He goes from zero to 60 instantly, shooting fire from his head, his rage very clear for all of us to see. It is telling when one of your most commonly used gifs is anger, shooting fire from his mind as he yells. Lately, there are so many moments where I feel like anger. And while it is a funny gif, it is not a way that I want to live. I would like to be like our little monkey, Curious George, but I so easily turn into anger. And what do I mean when I talk about anger? Getting upset very quickly, reacting instead of responding, which often leads to being swept away by assumptions and stereotypes and frustrations, leaving no room to understand or to discover or to wonder or to learn. I work as a hospital chaplain and recently we had a week with very slim coverage at the hospital. Those of us who were here were working long hours to try to cover our community's needs. One day my voicemail light was on every time I got back to my office. Two of the three messages were from a patient's mom, I'll call Rachel, who just wanted to check in. My tired mind started to catch flame. What did she need? Rachel was regularly pulling providers in to talk through many questions and needs, and I had just seen her the night before, and there didn't seem to be any crises going on when I went to rounds that morning. As I felt my mind going hot, the phone rang and I saw that it was Rachel again. I, I forced a breath and I answered gently. And Rachel asked if I had gotten her messages. I explained that I hadn't gotten a chance to call back. I could feel my mind putting up defenses, expecting criticism. The criticism did not come. Rachel's words cut into my thoughts. I just wanted to call and thank you for all the time you've given me this week. It's been really scary seeing my son sick and caring for him takes up most of my life. So I don't have many people to turn to. My son will go to rehab soon and I just wanted the chance to thank you. Well, I felt terrible. Why did I come in hot, angry, and full of assumptions instead of being curious about what Rachel might want? Why do we respond this way? There are a lot of reasons, and they're good reasons. We are trying to protect ourselves. We try to identify something that could be harmful or upsetting, and we try to keep ourselves out of its path. We are worn too thin. This is always possible. 
but it seems more and more likely with the three years that we have had, living through violence of so many types, both near and far, and a pandemic that still has a huge impact on our daily lives. When we are worn too thin, we are more apt to be reactive than proactive or responsive because it takes less time and less energy. It is easier to go off of what we think we know than to be open to what we don't know. And we protect ourselves from being vulnerable. We don't want to expose our insecurities. It is very hard to be curious, but it is incredibly beneficial. There is so much possibility in following Curious George. The Harvard Business Review presented extensive research about curiosity that shows that when we are curious, we are less likely to stereotype because we do not make broad judgments. When we are curious, we are less defensive and less aggressive. When we are curious, we are more creative. When we are curious, we put ourselves in others' shoes, developing and deepening our empathy. When we are curious, our curiosity begets humility. Those who are open to what they don't know are willing to admit they don't have all the answers. Research out of UC Berkeley shows that when we are curious, we have stronger relationships. When we are curious, our survival skills are stronger. And Britannica's Curiosity Compass studies the science of curiosity and has found that curiosity makes us happier. When you explore and satisfy your curiosity, your brain floods your body with dopamine, making you feel happier. My friend and colleague Andrea recently helped me cover walls in my apartment with renter's wallpaper. We read the directions, we measured, and we cut our first panel. As we started to stick it up, we saw that the cuts around the vents and the outlets didn't line up. I sighed and said, ugh, we messed it up. Around the same time, Andrea said, huh, I wonder what we did wrong. As you can probably imagine, Andrea's curious response proved to be much more helpful than my frustrated response. Do you have an Andrea in your life? Someone who, when something isn't going right, they take a breath and express curiosity about the situation. These are the people who wonder. They wonder about the situation. They wonder what another is feeling and experiencing and why. These are the people that I admire most. And while we might not be able to find gentle, kind monkeys in yellow hats running around us, I am grateful that we can find peers who embody or model curiosity. When I share stories about my work, I always change the identifying details so that I protect my patients and my colleagues, but give you the essence of what happened. A nurse that I'll call Jamie was coming on the night shift for a patient that I'll call Marilyn. 
Marilyn had dementia and had tried to bite and kick and hit the nurses on the day shift. She's just mean. That's where her dementia has left her. It's sad, but it's true. You'll have a better time if you put her in soft restraints. Better for you and better for her, Jamie was told in report. Jamie hated this. Her grandma had dementia and she grieved how many would never know the compassionate, wise, and funny woman she had been before this disease. Jamie was kind and gentle with Marilyn, wondering if there might be something else besides dementia at play. She watched Marilyn scratch at her head and then hit her bed and yell out. I wonder what she is thinking. I wonder what she is feeling. Jamie wondered why she kept scratching her head. And as she wondered and watched, she remembered how important it was to her grandmother to have her hair fixed. Do you want your hair done? Jamie asked. Marilyn stared at her blankly for a while, but then said quickly, I have to go. I will miss my appointment. Jamie wondered if she could be talking about a hair appointment. And the next night, Jamie brought a brush, a, detang a hair dryer, hair detangler, and a curling iron. When the night slowed, she did Marilyn's hair and Marilyn transformed. She stopped slapping her head. She stopped yelling out. Jamie asked her if that's what she wanted. And Marilyn said, you can't go out looking like this. Marilyn was able to be taken out of restraints and she was no longer combative. Jamie's curiosity had a profound impact on Marilyn's care. I'd like to read you a very short story. It's a children's book called Maybe, a story about the endless potential in all of us it's by Kobe Yamada and illustrated by Gabriella Baroque. Have you ever wondered why you are here? You are the only you, you have, that has ever been or ever will be. You have so much to offer. Maybe you will invent something that no one has seen before. Maybe you will build things that reach high into the sky. Your life is yours. Try as many things as you can. See as much as you can see. Wherever you go, take your hopes. Pack your dreams and never forget it's on journeys that discoveries are made. Maybe you will help others to see beauty in each day. Or maybe you'll lift cheering crowds onto their feet. Do everything with love, following your heart and see where it leads you. Maybe you are here to shine a light into places that have been dark for far too long. Maybe you will speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. Maybe you are here to help in ways that only you can. There will be struggles, there will be fears, and it won't always be easy. At times, it will feel really hard, and you might want to make a mess of things. You may fall down. You may fail, but you will always get back up and you will rise a little stronger and a little taller because there really is more inside you than you know. 
And this world needs your gifts, your talents, your big ideas, and maybe you are just getting started. What if you are only scratching the surface of what you can do and who you can be? What if you have talents you haven't discovered yet? There is something powerful, even magical, about you. You already have everything it takes to do big things. Maybe you have an idea. Maybe you have no idea just how good you really can be. And maybe you don't know how much you matter. But maybe, just maybe, the world has been waiting centuries for someone exactly like you. One thing is for sure, you are here. And because you are here, anything is possible. I love this children's book as it is, but I love how our hospital uses this book. Our neonatal intensive care unit mails this book to each baby who graduates from the ICU to home. This is how the team that cared for this baby for weeks or months or even a year, this is how the team wants baby to start their journey with so much curiosity of and hope for who they will be. What would it be like if we hoped this for each other as adults, for the people we know and the people we don't yet know? How do we follow George's lead and foster curiosity. Anderson University gives this guidance to develop curiosity. Keep an open mind, don't take things at face value, and ask questions relentlessly. How can you practice curiosity? Think about a time when you felt yourself morph into anger, the fire coming out of your head. What happened? What were you thinking as anger took over? Was there any space for curiosity? Could you make space? What is the other person experiencing? Why might they be responding this way? What might I not know? What might they need? And what do I need? How could pausing to be curious impact what is happening? I think about Rachel, my patient's mom. When I saw the missed calls, what if I wondered what she might be experiencing, why she might need to keep reaching out to me? Being curious would have helped me take better care of Rachel. Being curious would have helped me take better care of myself. I could have wondered about my reactions why am I jumping to upset? What am I carrying? What might I need? May you have hope that no matter how many times you react, curiosity will still wait for you. May you look under the hats. May you look into minds and into hearts and may this curiosity allow you to be a blessing and allow you to be blessed. Amen.
And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. May you exist in holy curiosity today and in all the days to come. May awe flood your eyes, your minds, and your hearts. May being curious wake your senses and carry you over the rainbow. Amen. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins where the service ends. Bless your heart. visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.